You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. Here are your hosts, Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. Welcome to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry. I am here with Jeff Griffin in one of our favorite cities, London. London is one of the great cities of the world. There are a million different ways to do London. You could be here for an entire month doing different things every day and still not even scratch the surface of everything there is to do here. So we've kind of divided things into a few different episodes. This one is sort of London underground. And by underground, we don't mean the tube station subway (laughs) system. There's so many things you can do that are in London that are not in the guidebook. And we did do a show all on top attractions because you don't go to a city like London and not go to Big Ben and not go to the London Eye. So, of course, we include those because people want to have that information. But we thought it would be really fun to find things that are a little bit different. Yeah, we found a few fun things to do that we're going to talk about on today's episode. First of all, we've got classic city tours. That was so fun. This is where you go around in a classic British car. They drive you around the city. and there's these Bondish. Yes. And yeah. there are these little cars that can get it in and out of places, and they tell you about things. And if you want to stop and get out somewhere and see something or take pictures, you can do that. We had a really fun time with yeah, that. Yeah, with Nick, actually. Nick took us on this. We're going to talk with him about our little adventure in the car. And actually, I, I would say Mini-Me, of all the things we did in London, that was her sort of ultimate, I am really cool, I'm in a James Bond car, driving around. And how many people stared at us when we were doing that? I mean, waving to us, like pointing out, look at that car, look at those people. I mean, we know we're popular. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we are sort of in the same realm with like, you know, Lady Gaga, but (laughs) we're so popular. But I mean, it was really cool. I mean, I have to admit it, it was probably about the car and not us, but it was really cool we did that. So that was really fun. You know, another thing we're going to talk a little bit about that not that many people know about, you know, the Tower of London is I think, is it the top attraction or the London Eye? Either way, it's in the top one or two uh, to go to the Tower of London. It's amazing. But what people don't know about is a little secret called the Ceremony of the Keys. And we're going to talk about that today on the show as well. And when you come back from a trip and all you've got is some shots on your iPhone. Some selfies. You're not going to like, you know, have those printed out and you're not going to frame them and hang them up. Put them on Facebook and you're done. Yeah. If you want some really great memories of your trip that you're going to show, you know, multiple generations and everything, you need to hire some professionals. Yep. Hiring some professionals and, and not like that, but exploring the city with us. We're going to talk with Trip Shooter. And we're actually, I think we're going to put a couple of our photos there from the show up on. We went around with Trip Shooter. They took some great shots of us and it's just really fun. I mean, it's a really, some really nice shots of you and the city and with iconic things in the background, like Big Ben, London Eye, and you come home with these great portraits. I actually put one on Jeff's Facebook, and, and everyone was commenting on it. They looked, they thought you looked very GQ-ish. Little London, I think it was Big Ben in the background. It was very nice. It was very good. So we'll be talking to Trip Shooter as well. GQ for gross and questionable. <laughs> anyway, um, we're also going to talk about Voltaire, which was a fun <gasps> bar we went to that's literally in an underground prison. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jeff tried to lock me in more than once. <laughs> We'll talk about that. And then we're going to talk about one of these. This was sort of my surprise accommodation of the trip. And we were out for a long time. And, you know, we stay in a lot of places. But this was super fun. We stayed in a place called Yotel. And Yotel is actually inside. We we were at, it's inside Heathrow as well as Gatwick. We were in the Gatwick Hotel location. It's a great place for um, a layover or if you're catching uh, a train to go out later in the afternoon. But we had a great time at Yotel and it's just very different at Yotel and we'll talk about that as well. 
when you come to a city and you're looking for some things to do that maybe aren't obvious, a great place to go is to your hotel concierge. So we went to the concierge at the Crown Plaza Hotel, and he had some great ideas for us. Yes, we were staying at the Crown Plaza, London, the city location. And it, one, it's a great location. I hadn't stayed in that part of town before, and it was really accessible. I mean, we were everywhere very, very quickly. And um, it was a great hotel. But yes, going down and talking to the concierge is always a great idea because they always have something also that's not on the guidebook. So we thought it would be a great idea to interview them. Now, there's sometimes when you go to a restaurant and you have a great cocktail or you have a great dish and you think, wow, I wish I knew how they made that. You can actually find out how they made it and make it for yourself. That's right. We actually did a whole episode on dining, but one of the things that we wanted to include in this show is is maybe when you're not dining, some kind of activities, kind of interesting activities that you can do, some mixology classes, some uh, cooking classes, uh, whether they're Italian or actually one of London's favorite, Indian. We're going to talk about that, places that you can learn how to do these things while you're there in London. Yeah, check out our website, travelbrigade.com, to see, like we said, we've got a London Top Attractions episode. We've got an episode on London dining. We've also got an episode on teas in London and Dublin, having afternoon tea. We're going to get to all these interviews we just talked about, but first we need to do hot topics in travel. I'm going to quote Dr. Frankenfurter from Rocky Horror Picture Show and say, I see you shudder with anticipation. (laughs) Okay. That should be interesting. Again, check out our website, TravelBrigade.com. You can check out our other episodes there as well. Check out Hot Sheets for the show. And make sure you follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade. We will be right back. What's hot? What's not? What's trending? Next up, this week's picks for travel news and hot topics in travel. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. We are here in London, not doing your typical top 10 things to do in London, but yet the underground things that you can't really quite find in the guidebook. We're doing all sorts of interviews on that on today's show. I am here with Jeff Griffin here in London. We are staying here at the Crown Plaza, London, the city location. It's kind of been a great jumping off point for all these things that we've been doing. Yeah, it's in what's known as sort of the Blackfriars area. And uh, it's really been easy to get around to a lot of the different places that we wanted to go to. Before we get into our interviews, we first need to do hot topics in travel. And I'm going to talk about one part of the travel experience, anticipation. You know, each week I talk about you're either on a trip or you're planning your next trip. And I got that from you. <laughs> and, but isn't that sort of, if not half the fun, at least part of the fun is, is planning the trip and looking forward to it? You, you mean like trip foreplay? That's it. <laughs> I'm fine with that analogy. <laughs> it's true. What I'm referring to is a, a New York Times article by a woman named Stephanie Rosenblum, and it's called What a Great Trip, and I'm Not Even There Yet. Hey. And she looks at some of the science on, you know, from psychology on anticipation and happiness, and there's sort of benefits from looking forward to a trip when you're, you know, talking to your friends about it or doing research or looking things up or if, you're going to France and you watch some French movies or they've done studies that show that having, you know, things to look forward to like this, it, it actually builds up your happiness. Oh, it's good serotonin. Is it like a Prozac? Is it kind of like, a, it's kind of like you know, I was going to say one thing I don't understand and I have people who do this literally like get on their way somewhere and they haven't looked up or planned or done anything like they just like 
I don't I don't need to over plan, but I think there is something about just knowing what's available so that you can decide what you're going to do or have an idea because you miss so many things. You go home from a trip and go, oh, I had no idea that was there. Look, and there certainly is a benefit to sort of while you're out there stumbling upon things. We've had some of our best experiences where things were, you know, we sort of stumbled upon while we were there and, and you want to be open to new experiences. But yeah, you you can also enjoy the looking forward to it and thinking, oh, I'm going to go do this and everything like that. Now, there is the possibility that you build it up so much that it then becomes a disappointment. Oh. So you don't want to go too far. You know, you don't want to create this trip in your head that can never possibly, you know, live up to your expectations. I, I think I've traveled enough to keep that balance. I, I I don't think I make them bigger than they are. I think I kind of realize when there's it's going to be hot in the middle of the summer, like, you know, well, like we were in Lucerne, you know. <laughs> well, they, they pointed out even if that does happen, you still had that pre-trip enjoyment. Oh, that's true. It maybe doesn't take away. I was going to say this kind of makes me laugh because I think I sort of um, enable people when they travel. You're one of them because I do all the planning and all the thing. And, and I've, I've noticed I create lazy trip companions who just go, well, I thought you checked all that out whether it's the mini-me's or whether it's you or whether it's my best friend. They're just like, they're just coming along for the ride because they know I've got it covered. You're sort of like a drug pusher. Yeah. Oh, here, it's free. First one's free. First one's free. And then (laughs) keep coming back for more. Well, we've got some great things to talk about here in London today. Coming up, we've got an interview with Classic City Tours. This is a tour you do riding around London in a classic British car. You get to get out wherever you want. You can have them take them wherever you want. And we just had a really fun time with it. That was with our friend Nick who took us around. Again, he's going to be the one we're interviewing. We can talk all about his car. But I will have to say this was one of Mini-Me's favorite things to do. And it was really fun, not only to do, but you could clearly tell they must get a lot of um, a lot of feedback or bookings just from them driving around in these cars because so many people were like, "Look at those people in that car," and it was it did feel very James Bondish, don't you think? No doubt, no doubt. So up next, we'll be talking to Nick with Classic City Cars, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at travelbrigade.com. Welcome to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry. I am here in the coolest car, a classic car, called a Morris, which we're going to talk a little bit about. It's kind of a very classic British car going around the beautiful city of London. I am here with Nick from Classic London Tours. Tell us a little bit about this cool car, Nick. I feel like I'm really posh being in this car. It's classic city tours and this uh, best boat sightseeing tour guide in classic Morris Miners around central London um, and whatever desire whatever buildings you want to see or amusements you want to see or shows give us a call and we'd be happy to uh, provide that service. Great tell us a little bit about the vehicle itself we've had everyone it seems like everyone's looking at us and you know kind of checking the car out we feel like we're really cool. Okay th- th- well this is a, a 1971 so it's a later edition of a Morris Minor and uh first one was built in 1949, so this is a convertible, yeah, and a very British, very English, built before the Mini Cooper, and huge attraction from people, a huge thumbs up from everybody, as you've, as you've witnessed. 
Yeah, everybody's checking us out. I think, and we're and we're actually checking out some of the great sites. We we did a, a quick tour with Nick today. Um, we got picked up, and he took us to some of the hot spots. We went to uh, Westminster Abbey, to Big Ben. We went up to Kensington Palace, to Buckingham Palace. Um, saw the London Eye. Uh, pointed out some things, and here we're in this convertible. Sitting here in London, I mean, it couldn't be more perfect. You have the best views, personal tour. Uh, tell us a little bit about the different tours that you offer, options. Well, our tours are based on what the client wants. So we can do uh, tours from central London. We can go as far as Tower of London. We can do the markets, uh, whatever you desire. You want to do flower markets, as I said, the actual um, shows, theatre. If you want to go down to Wimbledon, we can supply packages for Wimbledon, Royal Ascot. So it's not just all uh, sites in the central London. It's really based on what the client wants as well, as well as our traditional you know, main attractions, which we, we do uh, do as well. And tours start anywhere from, you know, a, a half an hour, anywhere, if you want to book it out for the whole day, it's up to you. You can work with Nick. Nick, tell us where people can get a hold of you, your website, and perhaps the uh, contact email. Okay, yep, you can contact us on classiccitytours.com. We can pick you up from wherever, basically, central London. Uh, you're staying, um, just give us a call and I'm sure we'll be able to help. We'll have that information on our contact sheet for today's show. We'll have uh, Nick's uh, website and contact email. You can book your stuff through them. It's a great option and it is, it's a perfect thing to do when you're in central London and seeing all the sites. It's better than the uh, typical double-decker tour or anything else. You have a great view, personal driver, and you're in the coolest car in town. We are Travel Brigade. We'll be talking to you throughout the day. You can check us out at our website, TravelBrigade.com, or you can check us out at Twitter at Travel Brigade. We'll be right back. Questions or comments for the Travel Brigade? Tweet them at Travel Brigade. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with Jeff Griffin in one of our favorite cities, London. And we are doing this week's show sort of on things you won't find in the guidebook, Underground London, some little tips of finding things that you may not know about. One of those is the ceremony of the keys at the Tower of London. Now, the Tower of London is obviously one of the highlights that you've got to go see if it's your first visit or, you know, it's it's something that's always there. But this is something a little different at night. That's right. The ceremony of the keys, is it's kind of interesting because we didn't know about it that one of the times. We've been to London a couple of times, so kind of a compilation of the show is some things that we did this time, but the ceremony of the keys was something that we did. We found out about it just kind of randomly, and they only allow about, what, between 15 and 20 people to do it, and you actually have to, to go online to get the information where you mail in and request tickets. We'll put the link to that on our website travelbrigade.com you click on the hot sheet for today's show explain i don't know what maybe you'll do a better job jeff explain what the ceremony of the keys is the tower of london is still actually a working military installation with there are bee feeders or guards stationed there that live there that work there they still guard the crown jewels and they're, gore- they're absolutely beautiful by the way <laughs> and every night they need to lock the place up yeah it's something they've been doing for over 800 years they're still doing it with the exact same procedure, which is a guard walks around, different guards come up and say, who goes there? The queen's keys. It's this really cool thing. And as you're standing there in the moonlight, watching it, 
standing in the shadow of Bloody Tower and some of these really famous places, yeah. you're watching this ceremony that has gone on for hundreds of years and is still going on. And it was a really neat experience. Yeah, and it was very intimate. I mean, you're sitting there with one of the feeders who actually comes. Um, they, now, this is after the tower has closed for the evening, or all the guests, I should say, are out. And like Jeff said, this is a working place. People live there in the tower that are working there. So the guards and the, their families, they even have their own little chapels and residences there inside. But so after they've actually, you know, what you would say, quote, unquote, closed the, the Tower of London for the day, this is something that happens literally is around 10 o'clock at night. And so what happens is the beef eater comes out. You meet at a certain point. He comes to pick up this very little intimate group of people they explain what the ceremony keys is, and then they walk you back into this whole facility, and you get to watch this just kind of, I would say on a small scale, like a changing of the guard type ceremony, but only a few people get to see it. And it's really interesting because when you leave the tower that night, the tower is locked up and under no circumstances are they allowed to open the tower. Yeah, it's a really unique experience that you should definitely check out. Do you think that they don't open the tower because the, the beef eaters are inside trying on the crown jewels? There's some nice stuff in there. I'll have to look into that and get back to you. <laughs> or drinking wine out of the gold goblets. <laughs> I think something's going on there that's a lot of fun because otherwise, you know, we would be able to come in a little bit. But anyway, that's really interesting. We will uh, put the link on. It's it's definitely something that a lot of people don't know about and a lot of people don't get to do, but you do have to book it months ahead of time. So if you know you're going to go to London, um, pick some dates and get this get these tickets. They're, they're just really unique to have. So... Speaking of that, like going to unique places and doing unique things, we ran into a place called Trip Shooter. You want to come back from a trip to London with more than just some selfies, something more enduring than just something on your iPhone. Yeah, it's funny because you, you know, you you stop some guy on the street and say, "Hey, will you take a shot?" And then you look at them, you know, a couple times later, and they're just you're not very good. Or you do it on your iPhone, and they're not that great. But this is a really interesting company, Trip Shooter, and you actually hire them, and they will go to these you know, kind of top attraction places or really wherever. We we did a little combination of both. We did some by the London Tower, some by Big Ben. And actually, some of the ones I really like are ones that like when we were in the subway with the underground signs, it really gives you a feel for the city that you're in. And of course, here we're in London. And that, I mean, who thinks of doing that? Well, we did. We ran into this place and did it. And it was, it's, I just recommend doing it. It's just really, really fun. We've got an interview coming up with Trip Shooter. Stay tuned. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. Follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade. We will be right back. Not sure where to go, what to do, and where to sleep? Up next, hot hotels, unique activities, and top attractions in our destination city. Check it out. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry. I am here with Jeff Griffin doing unique things to do while you're in London. And one of the things that we found was a place called Trip Shooter. You know, the best thing about an iPhone is you can shoot pictures everywhere. Lots of selfies everywhere you go. The worst thing about an iPhone is you can shoot pictures everywhere. I know. And you think you're getting, oh, I'm getting all these great pictures of my trip. And then you get back (laughs) and... You sort of like, you show maybe five of them to your friends and you sort of cringe as you do. Yeah. And because they're kind of, you know, they're all right, but it's not like you're going to like print them out and frame them or anything no. like that. So here's what you do. You call up Trip Shooter. Yeah. And they send out a professional photographer to shoot you 
while you're walking around in famous places in London. We did it and it was terrific. Yeah. Here from Trip Shooter are Bertrand and Jade Meta. Tell us a little bit about how this works if somebody wants to do it. I know we did it and had a terrific time and we're really happy with the results. Tell us how someone would would, uh, go about booking one of these shoots. Sure. Um, what normally happens is that people find out about us either online or um, through word of mouth, um, and they usually pop onto our website. Um, and once they're there, they can choose which city they're going to. At the moment, we cover more than 30 cities throughout Europe. There's a lot of other things they can see there too. Um, you can have a look at the photographers um, that cover all of those cities. You can see examples of their work. Um, and after that, it's a matter of deciding what kind of packages people want. So that can be governed by the reason that they're traveling. Some people are, are traveling for um, romantic reasons, like marriage proposals or anniversaries or things like that. And other people are just traveling just because. So um, there's all sorts of different packages that once people are online, they can have a look by city and um, decide what kind of photographs they'd like. And then they usually just get in touch and, um, and we pick a photographer based on the availability, basically. And after that, it's all go. So <laughs> we organise the rendezvous with the with the photographer. It's all organised, so the person simply has to turn up to the place. Um, they're given a little map, and after that, they just look pretty. <laughs> Let us do our magic. That's the hard part. Oh well, yeah, look. It, no, it's not a <laughs> Kathleen told me told me what to wear, and I yeah. showed up. Right, I showed up looking as as pretty as I can, and then is. And then he's not really a pretty boy. The, the, uh, the photographer <laughs> oh, was so great. He had, you know, he was willing to work with us and say, well, what, you know, what ideas do you have? Where do you want to have photos? But then also once we had kind of decided that he, he was very good at mm. pointing out here, let me go stand over here. And, oh, wait, wait, I'm going to get you mm. as the double decker bus is going by. So you'll have that. As well. <laughs> he just knew so many little things that I never would have thought of. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, well, the photographers um, that we use, they're all local in their city, so they've, they've got pretty good experience in finding those sort of those really special things that make you think of the place that you're there. So definitely in London, it's the the, um, the red buses, the telephone boxes, um, the Big Ben, all those things that just look great in the photo. Yeah, he actually did some other ones, which we hadn't even thought of. We went down into the, the tube afterwards, and he's like, and we did one, you know, yeah. when the tube was going by. And that was kind of fun, too, because we would have never really thought of doing something like that. Yeah. So it is kind of nice to, in a way, sort of collaborate on things that you're thinking and, and the photographer. You know, we were talking about mm-hmm. some of the packages, and I know that they kind of vary uh, a little bit depending on what people want. But some of them are based mm. on how many locations you might want to do or how much time yep. you want or how many photos you want. But I think it's one of those things, you know, when you go on vacation, I mean, somebody from the U.S. might be spending, well, will be spending thousands and thousands of dollars to go on a trip to Europe. And, you know, they're mm. in London, they're paying for hotels, they're paying for, you know, pretty high priced dining. And, you know, it's not a inexpensive destination. And you spend all that money and you kind of come home, yeah, with a couple selfies on a phone. And this really <laughs> just sort of solidifies the deal when you're there. You really come home with a yeah. couple of really nice things. So tell us a little bit about some of the packages and a little bit about, you know, what the difference is as far as, lo- you know, how many locations or how many photos. Yeah, really, the, the the concept behind it is that we really wanted to make it easy for people to be able to hire a professional photographer. You know, if you're coming from the U.S. and you have to talk to people in Italy, in France, in Germany, you know, there's a lot of issues with the language. 
in the way that professional photographers work. Um, you know, there might be some hidden costs. Uh, you know, and don't know exactly what you're going to get. They're all very hard to get hold of. So what TripShooter does is it does all the hard work of pre-negotiating the packages for you guys. So, um, you know, exactly how long the shoot will be. And basically, they're usually between 30 minutes to two hours. But um, so you choose between three, uh, half an hour, one hour, two hours. The cost starts from about 169 euros. And when you, you just pointed out before about the cost of traveling in the cities, basically the cost of one night in a hotel, in a, in a, in a, in a normal hotel in London, for instance. So it's not that expensive um, of a, an activity. Um, and then we pre-negotiated the number of photos that you will get. So for, um, you know, you could get, you know, 12 photos for 169 euro package or up to 30 photos for uh, one hour or 68 photos for two hours. So all that is all pre-done for you. And at the end, about five days after the shoot or up to five days after the shoot, you are receiving all your photos online in a nice online gallery. You can easily share it with your friend through your social network. Um, you know, you want to click away from you know, sharing it on Facebook or Twitter or by email. You can also download one photo or the whole gallery on your hard drive. So if you want to do some scrapbooking afterwards or print them, you can do that at your own leisure. We also have facilities where you can just print the photos directly online, either on paper, but also on T-shirts or mugs or whatever you want and order all that and get it delivered to your house. So um, the, the, the key concept is just making the experience as easy uh, as possible for people. So we're taking all the hard work of hiring a professional photographer and knowing that um, we're here also to bet on the quality of the people that we hire. Uh, we spend a lot of time uh, handpicking those photographers for the quality of their work, the you know the talent, the creativity, but also you know we want people that are easy to deal with, um, that you know usually go the extra miles in terms of showing you all the good places to go in the city uh, and making your experience as nice as possible. It really was a fun experience. We came home with some great shots. As a matter of fact, we're going to be running some of those through the show today so you can see some of those. And we appreciate that. Tell us a little bit about, again, where, where people can contact TripShooter. Sure. Um, well, through our website, it's www.tripshooter.com. Um, we also have an email address, which is smile at tripshooter.com. Um, so they're the best ways to get in touch. And, yeah, we're based in Paris, so we're on European time. But uh, we get back to you as soon as we can whenever we receive your message. Perfect. We will also have contact information on today's hot sheet for the show. We've got more coming up on this show right after this. Stay tuned. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. Check us out at TravelBrigade.com. We will be right back. You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at TravelBrigade.com. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. We are here in London going around doing underground London things. And actually, we were just talking with Trip Shooter. We had such a great time uh, going around London getting photos. You know, we can plaster up all over the place of ourselves, but they were actually really fun to do. And actually, one of the things we wanted to talk about was Voltaire. And I thought we should have, you know, kind of tied that in with the ceremony keys since you get locked up. After you get locked up or... They, they put you in your cell or your vault. Then there's this great drink menu to order from. There's also, you know... And the drinks are sort of tied into the right. theme, so that's really kind of fun. There are also some great appetizers if you're feeling a bit peckish. Yeah, you do get peckish when you're there in London. So this is in the Blackfriars area of the city. 
And it's a great place to visit, like, you know, after dinner or something like that for drinks. That's true. That's located in the Crown Plaza, the city location. And it really was just one of these things that was just very, very unique and fun to do. And so we wanted to add it in this week's show, all about sort of things you don't think about when you're in London. Coming up, we've got an interview with Yotel, which is a really interesting new concept in hotels and particularly hotels at airports. And then we're going to go into an interview with the concierge at the Crown Plaza Hotel. A concierge is always a great option for trying to find things to do. That's right. He's going to give us some tips there on things that you don't think about that might not be in the guidebooks. And like Jeff said, Yotel, one of my favorite new concepts. I really had a fun time there. All that coming up right after this. Make sure that you check us out on Travel Brigade, travelbrigade.com. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade. We will be right back. Questions or comments for the Travel Brigade? Tweet them at Travel Brigade. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This week's show in London, we've been traipsing all around London recently, having such a great time. But one of the things when you come into London, flying in either through Heathrow or Gatwick, we experienced something new and unique to us called Yotel. It was one of those things that just kind of caught us off by surprise. We had flown in. We always have that jet lag. And Yotel is a hotel is located right in the airport. Yeah, I feel like the Yotel people read my mind <laughs> and then said, let's A bed in the shower. Yeah, because, look, I love coming to London, but when you fly in from America, you've generally been on a red eye all night. You're generally dead tired. You need a shower really bad. Um, and you either have to, you know, you get in there at 6 a.m., say, and you've got to wait for your hotel room to be ready or you're going to head out somewhere later that day. Yeah, actually, for and, in our situation, both of us, even though we are doing a lot of stuff in London, I actually came in a week before Jeff and did uh, a Eurostar to Paris and Jeff took a train to Wales. So we definitely were like doing the connection thing, which was a great, you know, a great layover stay. So anyway, you're sitting there in Gatwick or Heathrow and you're thinking, God, if I could just like walk somewhere here in the airport, and get a two-hour nap and a shower, that would be perfect. And the Yotel people, <laughs> and a cup of coffee. And a cup of coffee. <laughs> the Yotel people read our minds. Here to tell us more about it is Joe Barrington, who is with Yotel. And Joe, tell us about the whole Yotel concept. Yeah, sure. Hi. I'm Hi. glad you enjoyed your stay. And um, yes, Yotel. Um, we started quite a long time ago um, with an idea that really started around 2003 uh-huh. with um, the founder of Yosushi, which was a really different Japanese-style uh, sushi restaurant. Oh, um, Started off in London. Um, yes, a guy called Simon Woodruff, um, who was a really entrepreneur, set up that concept, and absolutely loved the idea of doing things differently and challenging the idea of different industries. There was a time when he got upgraded to first class, very nice too, if we could afford that, <laughs> uh, British Airways flight. Um, but what he could tell him was how you could really create amazing luxury in a small space um, and took that kind of Japanese influence to think about how you could create a hotel um, where you get a great shower, a great bed, um, but you don't need a lot of space to do it. 
Right. And so he got together with um, another of our founders called Gerard Green, um, who had been working um, as a hotel consultant, but felt so passionately about Simon's idea that he asked him he could get together with him and start the project. And Yotel was conceived um, back then, got some money together, and then they tested out, basically. They built a hotel cabin, exhibited the cabin at um, a design show called 100% Design in London, and got some amazing feedback on it. And as a result of that, they went out to, to get some money, some funding, and did uh, the first deal um, with the airport guys out at Gatwick. Um, and our first Gatwick Hotel opened in 2007. Well, and what's so, interesting, too, is you don't call them rooms. You call them cabins, just like you said. We I, do. I felt like I was living, I would say, a space pod. I, I felt like I was living <laughs> in this futuristic sci-fi thing. It was so cool because it's it's this small area, but you do have room to do everything you need. And I was actually yeah. in one of the yeah. rooms that had the beds that moved. So it was kind of mm-hmm. sitting up and then you push a button and it lays back down. And I was actually there with our little mini me, our teenager that was there. And it was just amazing. It was like, that was her first overseas uh, visit. So her first overnight. And just, she was so happy just to get in the shower and to lay down and um, even though our flight was delayed just a little bit, even just having that break was just just a really great experience. And and um, I noticed. So tell us a little bit about so the the booking blocks. Now you can book a minimum of four mm. hours, and then you can also do an yeah. overnight. Or tell us how that works. Mm. I mean, I think as far as I'm aware, we're the first ever hotel to be able to literally book by the hour and check in and check out whenever you want to. So it's whatever suits you and whatever time that you need. Go onto the website, you can choose your check-in time, choose your check-out time, and you really are only paying for what you want, which is a really different concept in hotels. And usually if you have to pay for a late check-out or an early check-in, it's extra. And it doesn't work like that for us. People know when they're traveling through an airport what time they need to be places and what time they need to be out. So. We have people staying the night before an early flight, so they may be quite a distance away from one of our airports, either Heathrow or Gatwick, um, and it might be very difficult to get there by public transport, you know, at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning for a flight at at 6 a.m. Then we have the people who do the transfer. So we have the people who might be coming in from the U.S., arriving into the U.K. very early, and they might not be on a flight, say, connecting to the Far East until... 10 o'clock in the evening. So they've got a very long transit. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have people, of course, which is always a bit awkward, but we have a lot of people who stay because they are effectively um, marooned. You know, we have a lot of uh, technical cancellations with aircraft or airlines or weather problems. And we do have a lot of people staying for that reason at times as well. And then some people just literally come in to freshen up Um we work a lot with airlines as, a, as effectively like a little arrivals lounge facility. Oh, uh-huh. So if they've arrived on a very early flight, they can just literally spend an hour, have a shower. You know, what they really want is have a quick shower, catch up on the free Wi-Fi. They get a complimentary tea, coffee or a hot chocolate if it's late at night, whatever <laughs> it might be. Lots of uh, PowerPoints you'll have seen in the cabin itself. Um, and they love the fact that they can just spend the right amount of time there. They're not paying for time or space that they don't want. And, of course, the fact that we are so small means that we can fit into areas of terminal buildings that 
really weren't utilised before. And yeah. the location of the hotel in Heathrow was actually offices that weren't really being utilised by the terminal building. I was just going to say, I can't tell you how wonderful it was at Gatwick to grab my bags, walk out of baggage claim, and the hotel was right there. <laughs> I, mean, I can't yeah. tell you what a wonderful, wonderful feeling that was yeah, to I not mean, have to get in a taxi, to it, not have to get on a bus. Is it like 100 feet yeah. from, I mean, it literally is 100 feet when you walk <laughs> yeah, out Yeah, not much there. further. Yeah, no. not much further at all. Um, which makes it great for arrival, but it also makes it great for departure. Right, um, so right. You have to, you know, buses and things at airports and public transport can be extremely complicated. Um, Heathrow is, you know, four different terminal buildings. You know, even at Gatwick, you have two different terminals. Right. So it makes it very quick. Even if you, tr- whatever terminal you're transferring from, it's still a lot quicker to be attached well, to. Well, it's quicker to get into your hotel, checked in and get in your bed than it is to get on a yeah. train. So that tells you, that tells you, thank you so much, Joe. Tell us a little bit where people can find out more about Yotel. Yeah, sure. So Yotel.com is our web address. And as I said, you can, you can book on there, whatever check-in time, check-out time you like. You can change your booking right up to 24 hours before your booking starts. We can extend it, reduce it, um, whatever your needs are there, but everything you'll, you'll find the different cabin types. So we have kind of very cozy singles, um, which, you know, we have people sharing those for two um, kind of uh, backpackers or teenagers are happy to share those. Or we have the premium cabins, which are a little bit more luxurious, have a full double bed and more storage space. And we also have a couple of um, twin family rooms as well. So if, if families are in between flights, it works for them. So, yeah, check us out. Thank you so much for spending time with us. I totally think it is the new concept. I mean, it would be so nice to be able to know that, you know, you weren't going to get to a hotel till 10 o'clock at night and you were going to leave at 6 o'clock in the morning and not have to pay the entire rack, right? So I really do think it's a great concept. And thank you so much. We had such a great time there. Like I said, when I uh, had my experience, I called Jeff, who was coming in a week later, and I was like, you need to book this. It's really going to be great. (laughs) And so we had a really great time. You can also find information about Yotel on our website, on our hot sheet for today's show, and you can check that out at TravelBrigade.com, and you can also follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade. We'll be right back. You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at TravelBrigade.com. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host, Jeff Griffin. We are here in London and not just looking at the usual things that we do in London. We're looking at some things that maybe are a little bit under the radar and finding out about some unusual things you can do while you're here in London, whether it's your first trip, second trip, or your 10th trip. Yeah, if it's your first trip, there are certain things you need to do, but even then you might have some uh, time left over to explore some of these unique things we're going to talk about on today's episode. And this is one of those things where, where you're trying to find out something that's maybe not so known. You've got you to know somebody. In this case, who we know is Jay Lemos. He is the head concierge at the Crown Plaza Hotel, London, the city. And Jay, tell us a little bit, uh, you know, obviously there's, there's a to-do list if it's your first time in London. But if it's not your first time or even if you've got extra time here beyond doing the usual The Tower of London and those types of things, what are some sort of under-the-radar things people might want to check out while they're here? People think of London as a, as a great gastronomical city right now, which it is. And you have some of the greatest restaurants in London and some of the great chefs operating in London. But I think you've got 
pubs like the Prospect of Whitby that goes back, you know, almost 400 years. Cheshire Cheese, uh, again, just up the road from us here, again, over 300 years old. And um, they're great for food as well. And they're also um, little hidden gems because they're so old that they are part of the history of London. They're um, inside the, the, these pubs. is almost like little museums, if you like. So I think that's something that I would suggest people to do. Um, with, for instance, you, you have a Hyde Park uh, in London. It's a, it's a park that we all know. But what a lot of people don't don't realize is the amount of things you can do inside Hyde Park. You can, at this time of the year, with the, with the great weather we're having, you can you can hire a boat, a pedal boat, or a rowing boat, and uh, and and do this in in the Serpentine, the lake inside Hyde Park. You know, you've got the memorial to Diana in the in the park, uh, in Hyde Park. That's another thing that sometimes people just overlook, perhaps a little bit, and I think it's worth seeing. Uh, it's a great place for children to spend some time. Um, and what a lot of people don't realize is that it used to be, if you go back in history, Hyde Park was a hunting ground for King Henry VIII. It used to be a, a private place where, uh, you know, he used to do his hunting. So, uh, again, it has a lot of history. Of course, now it's a public park and one of the biggest parks in London. Um, the walks, uh, walks of London, again, yeah, uh, a wonderful thing to do. I think uh, here in the, in the city of London, you have um, the Jack the Ripper Walk, for instance, which is uh, the Whitechapel area. Of course, it's, a, it's, a, it's an area that dates back to, to, a, to when uh, Jack the Ripper uh, was active in London, and therefore uh, something that um, is usually quite nice to do in the evenings. Not for everybody, I guess, but I think uh, the people who are interested in a, in a, in a walk in the evenings, uh, historical walk of London in the evenings, and I think, I think it, it has a lot of history because it visits the, the area or the city of London, the original city of London, which obviously dates back um, many hundreds of years as well. The little streets that you visit in, in these walks are still um, very small, very narrow streets. You know, obviously it's changed a lot since those since those uh, days of Jack the Ripper, but it's still very representative of, of that historical period. One thing we really did that we didn't really know about was at the Tower of London, the, the ceremony of the keys, which we found fascinating, but is something that a lot of people might not know about. Ceremony of the keys is, uh, is one of the those traditional things you can do in London that um, that is not always thought of uh, as a first thing to do by many uh, visitors to London but if you have the chance and you um, get advance tickets as far in advance as possible usually three or four months is a, is a minimum time but I think it's something that you can do it's it's basically a, a ceremony of um, the locking up of the Tower of London it's um, it used to be a palace of course uh, and uh, and you know this is a, uh, basically a ceremonial um, uh, thing that is done every evening, um, uh, 9:30 I think it is, and it's uh, it's the locking up of the tower, which is today of course even though it's not a, a palace anymore, the crown jewels are still there. So and it's something that's been going on for like 700 years. Again, of course, just remember that this has to be booked in advance. Um, it's a free of charge, um, but of course um, you have to do it well enough. And what's so great about it, it really is sort of this intimate experience. I mean, you're there with what 20 people or some very very small number of people, and it's a you know it's it's basically a, a private little thing that you get to go watch, and it's it's really cool. And you get you get a really cool ticket when you get them in the mail and all that. So it's really it's really quite fun, and you can actually get that information um, at the Tower of London website. You can find that on our website at TravelBrigade.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at TravelBrigade. We will be right back. 
You're going to get a little hungry when you're traveling the globe. Whether it be fine dining, a regional specialty, or a small local street cart, you gotta eat. Next up, you gotta eat. Mmm, good. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with Jeff Griffin. We are here in London. We've been running around doing all sorts of fun and unique things, and we wanted to share those with you, things that might not be in the typical guidebook. So one of the things we wanted to talk about is, well, we did a whole show on dining. Dining in London is amazing. The food is amazing. It's not that pub food that you think of, but that might not be enough for people when they come here to London. Sometimes you have a great dish or you have a great drink and you think, hey, I want to learn how to make that. Well, at some of these restaurants, they do cooking classes, mixology classes, and it's a unique way to sort of learn something on your vacation. That's true. You can learn how to make things. There's a couple of restaurants that we went to that offer things like, yeah, Jeff said, mixology classes. When you're in London, in a place like London where Indian food is so prevalent, of course, that's like the best place to learn how to make Indian food. And so we're going to talk about a couple of places that do some uh, sort of interesting things, whether it's mixology classes, cooking classes, all of that coming up with Cinnamon Kitchen and Carluccio's coming up next. Stay tuned. You're listening to Travel Brigade. Check out the hot sheet for today's show where you can find contact information for everybody. That's at TravelBrigade.com. We will be right back. the Travel Brigade? Tweet them at Travel Brigade. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host Jeff Griffin. We are here in London. We've been traipsing around this beautiful city finding things that maybe are not in the guidebook or just some kind of unique twist to things while you're here. One of the things that we wanted to talk with you about today are maybe learning some different techniques while you're here, perhaps a mixology class or a cooking class. When you're in London, you can't overstate the importance of Indian food here. Indian food is, you know, right up there with pub food, the sort of the national food. Uh, if you're an American, it's sort of like Mexican food out west. Um, it's, it's what you have on a regular basis. It's a traditional, very embedded into the culture here. But what's really funny is people want to come and eat Indian food, but what's even better is learning how to either cook it and then also while you're here, we're at this really great place called Cinnamon Kitchen. They do all sorts of great authentic drinks. They do a mixology class as well as some authentic Indian classes so that you can Take home a little bit of London when you go home. We're fortunate enough to have Chef Abdul Yassin here, who is with Cinnamon Kitchen. And tell us a little bit about uh, what you would cover in a typical class uh, that you run here. Talking about master classes, uh, we do cookery master classes once a month, and we release the dates for six months. Um, opening Cinnamon Kitchen after two th- on 2008, the idea was to be making a team which is much and much more and more interactive in terms of building connection. Now we thought of building connection, we thought of uh, why not we start uh, cookery, uh, cookery classes here. So the idea of doing a master class was just because we wanted to build up a straight connection with our clients, with our customers, and we've quite achieved a lot in this. When people are coming to master classes, they expect a, a, a full rounded, uh, a customized master class done for them. Uh, we started at 9.30 in the morning uh, with teas and cookies. 
have a have a good chat with all the chefs. We are three chefs here, including Chef Vivek Singh, who is basically the host of the masterclass. Uh, myself and uh, the head chef of Cinnamon Club. So after having a, a quick chat with the with the with the chef, with the with the people who've come for the masterclass, we do a spice talk for 15-20 minutes, and then they have been guided to the to the main uh, kitchen. They we make into four sets of groups, and then each group has been handed over a couple of recipes. They are completely hands-on, completely involved in the recipes, and after two hours of their cooking, we present their dishes in the best possible manner over four courses, including with paired paired wines. And then after that, uh, we still have an interactive session going on and on until they finish their meal. And then when they walk out, they get a goodie bag which has got a signed copy of our cookbook and a couple of uh, you know, goodies to take, which includes a carefully selected hand-picked um, spice mix to take home. So these have become quite popular and out of recommendation, I mean, we, we nearly get sold out the moment we release the dates. Um, so yeah, yet to do once, once more, we do a small mini masterclass, only a demonstration one because the cookery masterclass, we do not have enough rooms most of the time to accommodate more than 12 people. But it's been, it's been fun. Uh, alongside with that, we do a cocktail masterclass in the NEs, uh, which again is a very interactive one. And whilst you're making the cocktails, along with the mixologist, we give them some canapes from my kitchen to entice their, their experience entirely, and uh, which also is going down a storm here in Cinnamon Kitchen and Anise. Now, Chef, we, we saw a lot of stores on the street that have uh, luggages for sale. We were wondering if we could just purchase an extra piece of luggage, and then you could fill it full of spices and delicious things for us to take back to the States. <laughs> we also had, we had some great drinks here tonight. Uh, speaking of the mixology classes, uh, I had one called a refresher that was definitely refreshing now that you mentioned. That's true. I had the pom-pom, which had mm. some lychees in it. It was quite, quite good. So you can come here and learn how to cook Indian, or you can come here and learn how to make some cocktails. We'll have information about Cinnamon Kitchen and their uh, contact information where you can find out about these classes on our hot sheet for today's show. And you don't have to be a cheerleader to drink the pom-pom. <laughs> no, you do not. You can find that information on our website at TravelBrigade.com. Make sure while you're doing that, you also follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade. More coming up about eating around London. We'll be right back. You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at TravelBrigade.com. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry. Here with my co-host, Jeff Griffin, we are here in London finding very unique and different things to do, things that you might not find in the uh, top ten of the guidebook. So we're helping you out find a few things here. Things that are under the radar. Yeah, there you go. Off the beaten track. Mm-hmm. Things that might even taste good. Yes. Now, travel can be restful. It can be exciting. It can also be a time when you learn something new, something like Italian cooking. That's true, and we are here today. We are at Carlucci's. We're with Michael Stocks, and one thing they do here that can be really fun is you can come here and learn how to do Italian cooking, and it's a great place to do it because, number one, it's a great Italian restaurant with classic Italian dishes, but number two, they get all of their ingredients fresh from Italy. They have their own little deli here, and they just bring you all of these fresh ingredients and then teach you how to cook with them. 
That's right. They have this amazing focaccia bread that they serve here at the beginning of the meal. You can come and learn how to make that. You can come and learn how to make a risotto, which I've never mastered at home. So there's lots of things you can do. If you, Michael, tell us a little bit about some of the classes that people can do when they're here. As you say, there's a whole variety of different classes. Uh, obviously, all based around Italian food. It's what we know. It's what we love. It's what we're uh, what we're best at. Um, and the classes really range from, uh, I guess, the key uh, different types of Italian food. So we have pasta master classes, risotto, baking. Um, for those of you uh, that inclination, we have dessert classes. And uh, the format for these is very, very simple. Uh, we get a couple of our uh, our chefs and our experts on hand, whether in uh, in larger groups, where they'll essentially demonstrate how to make these uh, dishes. You get to sit, watch with an obligatory glass of wine or soft drink uh, in hand, and then uh, and then get to sample the food, ask any questions, and uh, and rack their brains and uh, their experience, their knowledge. Otherwise, we also have some uh, some smaller classes for about six people, where you can come along and actually hands-on cook the uh, the dishes yourself. So whether it be making a risotto with a chef on hand to tell you when to stir more, when to add more stock. Um, with its baking, whether it's to knead more, to allow the bread to prove. And then uh, the most fun at the end of it, you get to sit down, eat the food you've just cooked, again with the obligatory glass of wine in hand and, uh, and compare the results with the other guys on the class. I mean, you're sitting here, and it's a great location. You're in Covent Garden. There's so much to do here. There's shopping. Uh, there's great restaurants. And here you can actually come and learn how to make all these specialties yourself while you're here in London. And we're also in the heart of the theater district, so you could combine it with that if you wanted to. We're in a very busy area of the city, so a lot of exciting hustle and bustle. And, Michael, how would somebody go about setting up one of these classes? So it's pretty straightforward. Um, we have some classes that we schedule, particularly the, uh, the larger classes. Um, you get to watch and learn. Uh, easiest way of finding out where those are is uh, through our website, carlichos.com. There's a little events tab at the top, and you can choose uh, either the type of event you're looking for or the location. Um, failing that, particularly if you're looking for something maybe a little more bespoke or for smaller groups, um, you can email uh, my colleague Valentina at events at carlichos.com and uh, we're more than happily there look to arrange something for you. Yeah, one more thing you can do here in London that's not in the guidebooks. We'll make sure that we have this information on our website at travelbrigade.com and you can also find it when you follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade. We will be right back. always agree, but they always seem to have their reasons. Next up, Travel Brigade's countdown of their favorites from this week's show on He Said, She Said. Welcome back to Travel Brigade here in London. This is Kathleen Curry, and I'm here with Jeff Griffin. We are having such a great time. It's that time that time, you know, Jeff, where everything sort of starts to wind down for the show, unfortunately. Yeah, it's time for us to move on to another great destination. But before we go, we first have to do He Said, She Said, where we each pick our three favorite things from this episode. As always, She Said goes first. My number three is sort of tying into the last segment we did. I thought it was really interesting. We went to these amazing restaurants. And again, you know, we did a whole show on restaurants, but I wanted to just touch base on number three on this one, because I think it's really unique that you can go and travel and kind of get yourself embedded in the culture, whether it's like learning how to um, make some local cuisine or mixology or whatever it is that that's there kind of unique to the area. So I have to say the mixology cart, we went to Fable, which one is the other restaurants and they had a mixology cart and they sit there and they can actually 
actually like teach you how to make these unique drinks. And it was really fun. I just thought it was educational. They talked about different flavorings and different things. And of course, kind of tied into Carlicio's and Cinnamon Kitchen was that you can actually go there and, and learn how to make some of these great, great things. And you can take your trip home with you that way. My number three was having our own private little cell at Voltaire and just sitting back and enjoying some great drinks. Yeah, because you tried to lock me up. And uh, I got to lock that down. (laughs) I really enjoyed that evening. My number two is kind of just this really great concept with Yotel. I had never stayed in a Yotel. This was my first time. And um, we're going to talk a little bit about why we stayed in Yotel in another episode um, a little bit more. But what was interesting about Yotel is we were actually, I was on my way to Paris before we stayed in London. And But you could be, you could have a long layover. You could be going somewhere else. You could be like coming in before your flight. You could have a connection. There's lots of reasons you would want to stay at Yotel, but it was just so convenient. Literally, I was off the plane. I picked up my luggage. I walked through customs and I was in my bed in Yotel faster than somebody was on a train or got picked up from the airport. It was so fast and literally taking a shower after an overnight, um, having a cup of coffee, being able to take a nap. I think the concept is great. I wish every airport had one. And they do have them here in Gatwick and in Heathrow here in London. So it's a great option for flights. I just really loved Yotel. My number two is the experience we had with Trip Shooter. It was really fun. The photographer who met us, he was a really nice guy. And, um, you know, he took our suggestions on what we wanted. And then he made his own suggestions, things I wouldn't have thought of. Like, wait, stand here on the bridge and I'm going to wait until a red double-decker bus comes by and let you know. And then I'm going to snap the shot. And he just had a lot of great ideas. And, and then I was really you know, pleased with the results when we got home. Yeah, and I really like some of the ones that were down in the subway and different things like that. So it does give you, I mean, some really great shots that we'll have forever. And Mini-Me was really happy with them as well. I'm going to go to my number one, which is Classic City Tours. Our friend Nick there took us on such a great little trip around the city. And you can actually book these in half an hour, hour, five hour, whole day. Whatever you want to book with them, they will do They've got these amazing cars. Everybody stares at the cars. I kept wanting to think it was us, Jeff, but I don't think it was. But great, great uh, cars, fun tours. You can zip around London. I mean, forget getting off your typical double-decker bus. Boring. Jump on one of these cars. Best thing you'll ever do. My number one was the ceremony of the keys at the Tower of London. There is just something about standing in the moonlight under Bloody Tower where all these Famous things have taken place over hundreds of years and watching the beef eaters do this ceremony that has gone on every night the same way for hundreds of years. It's just one of those experiences that really sticks with you. So much on today's show. And then most of these things are all things that are kind of fun under a little bit underground, as we called it, underground London, uh, things you won't necessarily find in the guidebooks, but all really fun things to do. Again, we will have contacts for all these places that we went on our hot sheet for today's show, which you can find at our website, travelbrigade.com. And again, while you're there online, make sure that you check us out on our Twitter account. You can follow us at Travel Brigade. When you're at TravelBrigade.com, you'll also want to check out some of our other London episodes where we talked about London's top attractions, London dining, and also London and Dublin afternoon tea. We will be back next week with another great destination. In the meantime, please remember there are two stages in life. You're either on a trip or you're planning your next trip. Whatever stage you're in, make sure you join us next week. See you next week and enjoy the trip. You have been listening to Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin on Travel Brigade. 
Connect with them on Facebook, Twitter, and at travelbrigade.com.